Tons. And my long-lost Swedish mother, Brent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today we'll be doing a Season 7, Episode 24, Here Again Rose, Part 2. Uh, Brent's home again. Home again. Did I say here again? Yeah, sorry. Home again, Rose, Part 2. Uh, Brent will be doing our recap today. I guess that's why he's so well-versed on the title. And uh, <laughs> he and I will just be chiming in. It's hard to believe we're... I don't have any listener interactions to go over today, um, so there's not much, uh, you know, padding well, before this episode. Gotcha. But it is just really odd to me that we're just two episodes away, and really, if we did the two parters yeah, as yeah. one, you know, we'd only be one yeah. air date away. Mm-hmm, so. Exactly. Like the argument could be made that this is the penultimate. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, and it's a. I think it was a solid episode, but uh, mm-hmm. I'll oh, be yeah. looking forward to hearing your thoughts on it. Now, yeah. I did want to ask um, since. Uh, Golden Palace is a separate series. Mm-hmm. Will we be considering those episodes just equally like we would when we do like our bracketing, you think? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I just think that... I consider it season eight. Yeah. Sophia's choice. Sophia is still part of the group, so mm-hmm. it's still her choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would be borderline shocked if an episode <laughs> of Golden Palace ended up as the greatest <laughs> episode, right. um, but I still think it should be under consideration. Yeah, absolutely. So, um did either of you guys have anything else going on you wanted to mention since we're a little light this episode? Um, oh, oh, go ahead. Um, so we saw Elemental earlier today. Oh, did you? What did you think of it? Oh, I didn't like it. It's oh. definitely, you know, it's the uh, dial of destiny of Pixar movies. <laughs> 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 so you put some it context up. for that one. <laughs> well, we as a group, the three of us, saw Dial of Destiny, the new Indiana Jones movie, uh-huh. um, very recently. It, as very recently from when we're recording this episode, mm-hmm. but it'll have been several weeks back because we mm-hmm. saw it on opening night. Mm-hmm. And I think Ski and I both enjoyed the movie more than different. Brent did. I don't mm-hmm. know. Did you like the movie? So going back to Dial of Destiny, did mm-hmm. you like the movie at all? or you just? I did not like so it. So Brent didn't even care for it. Yeah. Uh, Ski and I both liked it. I would have put it fourth out of the five Indiana Jones. It sounds like Brent puts it at fifth with a bullet. Correct. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> And Ski needs to write out his answers before he can choose <laughs> where he <laughs> placed. I've not done my bracketing on my own. He's a tactile critic. <laughs> right. So, so are you saying... I do mine all with a coin flip. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you Luck do it... the draw. I figure you do it so many times that you try to eliminate any um, statistical <laughs> yeah. variance and whatnot. Best, like, 13 out of 17 or something. Right. Um, <laughs> So, uh, but you're putting Elemental as the worst of all the Pixar movies? Yeah. So yeah. below Cars 2, below yeah. uh, Luca or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked Luca. Uh, I was very uh, unimpressed by Luca. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I've revisited it since I saw it. Would yeah. you say you're Luca warm on that one? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would. 
yeah, so I, that's uh, disappointing to me because I was yeah. really intrigued by it by the mm-hmm. previews. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, like the, the, I thought the uh, premise seems cool. Yeah, the um, is the world building at least kind of good. That's one thing they do. No, that's on. what I hated. Like, really? Yeah, like I don't know. It's one of those things that I'm fine with the premise as far as like racism is bad mm-hmm. and everything. But with that being said, if somebody is literally on fire, I think there's a reason you should keep them out of certain places. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it has nothing to do with the fact that, you know, I'm they can love who they want to love and they're more than welcome to marry a waterman. Mm. I'm okay with that. But, you know, like if you're in a treehouse or whatever, they shouldn't be invited in. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just common sense, yeah. you know. Um, sort of like saying, you know, yeah, I understand you're you know, a regular person, but if you have a peanut allergy, you should not work at this peanut factory. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You you can work at the circus peanut factory, <laughs> but no peanuts there. <laughs> exactly, but how would you sleep at night? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, like so, like With the uh, fire... any lady you want, you know, they go crazy <laughs> over circus peanuts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get your circus peanuts off. Right. Um, so no, like you know, like the fire girl and the water boy, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, it was fine. You know, like as far as the back to Ski's question about the world building, you know, it made sense. It's like, I, right, you know, those people are fire and those people are water and these people are immigrants and these people are not and. You know, well, you guys, and they definitely like sort of established, you know, quote unquote, like the rules or mm-hmm. whatever. And for the most part, they sort of, you know, align with, you know, the way fire and water works in our world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Except when the plot said they shouldn't, in of which course. case, you know, they <laughs> threw it all out the window. <laughs> and I was like, there's no rhyme or reason as to when, when they have physics and when they do not. <laughs> Understood. You know, like the, um, like the, uh, the wind people or whatever. Mm. Her name was Gail. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like, Clever. she yeah, she went to the water and she like blew a big bubble or whatever. Okay. And so then there was a bubble in the water. Okay. And then they put like the fire girl inside it. And I was like, number one, air bubbles, you know, within water don't move around or go down or anything. They go up, right, <laughs> you yeah. know, but you can't expect it to go down and you can't put a flame inside it. Because <laughs> <laughs> then the flame would extinguish after it ate the oxygen. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it was just, I didn't like the fact that they were picking and choosing. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, just okay. to... This is, can I tell you like my favorite part of the entire oh, movie going yeah, experience? Go. Mm-hmm. Um so they had, um, you know, the big cardboard standee for Hard Haunted Mansion oh, yeah. there with the, um, you know, the cast of the actors, you know, dressed in their characters or whatever. And uh, one of them was Danny DeVito. And so, you know, I pointed out to Cassidy, it's like, you interested in seeing that movie? And she's like, I'm not sure. And I was like, cry it on. And then I pointed to Danny DeVito and I was like, Penguin's in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do you think I'm more handsome than that guy? And she goes, sure. <laughs> a, a confidence builder, if ever I heard one. Yes. If it makes you feel better, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever you need, old man. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you think you could pull Rhea Permal? Ah, damn it. <laughs> Perlman? <laughs> yeah. Just totally jumbled yeah. it, but. Well, going back to something you said earlier, uh-huh. just because I really need to say this joke that got in my head, mm-hmm. um, that <laughs> I feel like that you and Ski, that Ski would have finished a sentence you said earlier a little mm-hmm. differently, because you said that, yeah, I see that 
you know, I'm down with the idea of racism being bad oh, as come in on principle. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Say what? The, so Brent said that he was down with the idea of racism being bad in principle, uh-huh. and that you would have been like, yeah, but in practice, I mean, yeah. come on, guys. <laughs> Man. In the real world, we got to know who to like and who not to. Mm-hmm. Speaking of elemental, I feel thrown to the fire, Alan. <laughs> It feels like, from what you've described, and granted, it sounds like it's a relationship, West Side mm-hmm. Story-ish type yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. movie, yeah. but it also feels a lot Zootopia-like. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, definitely like, you know, Zootopia crossed with Inside Out or whatever. Yeah. You know, so, I have two uh, not-so-related stories. Okay. One sure. is Golden Girl-based, but... Oh, well, good. Cool. Yeah. So I was playing with Cannon the other day in his room, mm-hmm. and if I've told you i'm not sure if uh, i have forget he's uh, your grandchild he yeah, is, we've heard. Yeah. No, <laughs> yes no no so like uh a while back uh, i think for christmas maybe mm-hmm. he got this little uh like it looks like a pop-up kind of bathtub thing okay. and it's got like it's essentially a ball pit right oh, okay. okay it's got like some white balls but uh nicole bought him like an entire huge thing of uh, multicolored balls and there's uh-huh. a huge ball pit full uh-huh. of a bunch of, uh, of uh different balls uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> come on now. This is the third most the third most balls in this story of any story you've told. Three <laughs> more. Okay, so it may eventually so, take the number one spot. Anyway, but I remember your number one story about balls, and there were balls as far as the eye could see. You have to recount that one for me later. Oh, it was the time you met your in laws. <laughs> 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 you remember that story? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> they, went, they went to the key party and. <laughs> oh. He went to the key party with his in law. Like, is that where he met his in laws initially? Yeah. Um, and did he meet Nicole through <laughs> the key party, or no, they just no. both went to the key party and that his in laws happened to also be there? Yeah, yeah, I like him and Nicole. You remember this story? I do not. <laughs> I mean, it's part of your history, not ours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck with me. I, you have to refresh my memory more. Later on, I suppose. You were probably drunk. I probably was, or high. You know. Yeah, both at the party and at the night that you told us the story of it. <laughs> so anyway, so I got a ball pit. Back mm. of the ball pit, yes. So it kind of likes to like hide stuff inside, because right now there's so many balls in there, it's hard to see anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was up there playing with them and stuff, and I was like, well, what do you got hidden in here today? So mm-hmm. I was kind of rustling around, and sure enough, He's got uh, those little people, right? The little, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fisher Price little people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as you pr- both know, that we've got uh, the Gold Girl set, right? Over, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the only thing that I found in there was a Blanche little person. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Ah, Blanche, <laughs> hiding underneath all the balls <laughs> like normal. Exactly. <laughs> Up to her neck in them. <laughs> Covered in balls. <laughs> Just the idea, though, now in my head of like Ski telling this story seriously. Of like a circumstance where I guess he'd be at a key party where there was everybody was naked or something. He's like, ha, ah, just balls as far as the eye could see. It was definitely, you know, once lopsided, if you will. Right. <laughs> Not so many chicks. <laughs> so it wasn't like couples. It was just everybody. <laughs> They're like, well, went in Rome. <laughs> Showed up off, yeah. the road, off the street. You know. <laughs> There's a sign out front. Welcome. <laughs> I like the fact that you took the story to the point where it's just your wife and future mother-in-law are the only women there. <laughs> I didn't go that far. But, uh, 
I had a choice. I, I chose my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure your no father-in-law appreciates it. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the other one was a bit of an odd thing that was non-Golden Girls related. Okay. I don't remember why, but uh, I was seeing something uh, the other day. Oh, I remember what it was. It was a uh, video of Gal Gadot and, uh, shoot, I can't remember who else. It was, a, it was a male actor. I forget who it was. Chris Pine? No. Tom Cruise? Nope. Um, Christian Bale? No. Was she in a Christian Bale movie? No, I don't know. I just named an actor. No, it, well, it wasn't uh. someone she was in a movie with. Oh, okay. it, was, it was like a talk show type thing, and they <gasps> both know. happened to be there. I think Jimmy it was, Fallon. It was not Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> but I think it might Ed actually, Harris. Did what? Ed Harris. No. Okay. <laughs> now it's going to bug me until I do remember who it is. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm. Getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> was it Dick Cavett? I, no, it was not Dick Cavett. <laughs> <laughs> was it either Mickey Rooney or Andy Rooney? Both. And one weird <laughs> amalgamation <laughs> human. Mm-hmm. Was it Pat Sajak? No. I heard he's getting replaced, though, on Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's retiring, and they're hiring somebody. Oh, yeah, new. yeah. Um, like did you hear who it was? Uh, it was the um, Ryan Seacrest. Yep. Oh. Exactly. So Dunkelman's rolling over in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> oh, it was... It was uh, I do remember who it was. <laughs> did, did you even catch that? I guess not. <laughs> Go ahead. What now? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. A lot of people would not understand that joke anyway. But. So Ryan Seacrest is going to be the host. Yeah. Proceed. What would you, what'd you say again? Because I, this is He good. just said Dunkelman is ri- rolling over in his grave. Do you I know what that joke I means? I have no idea who Dunkelman is. That's what I assumed. <laughs> Brian Dunkelman was the co-host of the first season of American Idol with the then unknown okay. Ryan Seacrest. and. Brian Dunkman went on to continue to be unknown for <laughs> Ryan well, Seacrest. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know that was a good joke. Sorry, I didn't get it. In fact, I'm still proud of it. I think it's funnier that I didn't get it because <laughs> that proved the point. Who? Yeah. <laughs> totally over my head. Yeah, for the people who got it, they probably really enjoyed that joke. Yeah. Everybody that's, else. That's his. No, you though, isn't it? Oh that? yeah, that's that's his uh, wheelhouse. Yeah, he's got he's got the audience. Like I don't know, he makes a lot of good jokes that appeal to a wide audience. I'm sure, but but the real zingers. Yeah, the ones I'm proud of. Daniel Tosh did a joke one time where he talked about how with his jokes they start off broad and they keep narrowing down and down until eventually just one person in the audience laughs at that part of the joke. Brent starts there. <laughs> But that one person laughs their ass off. Yeah. Well, so the one person is usually him. <laughs> 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 and anybody else is a bonus. Right. <laughs> well, they always say if you could have just reached one person. Right. <laughs> and I'm fine being that one person. We figure I'm laughing, so the whole world must be laughing with me. Exactly. <laughs> I did remember who it was, though. Okay. It was Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But so they were both talking about marriage, right? right. So Ray Romano. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, so Ray Romano was there, and and uh, um, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot, thank you. And they were talking about marriage, and I was like, the way they were talking, it sounded like they were talking about marriage together. I'm like, they're not married. That can't be. <laughs> so I love Ray. Everybody yeah. does. 
but mm-hmm. I don't think they're married. So I was like, I gotta just double check this. So I look online. <laughs> <and sure enough. laughs> I wanted to make sure. <laughs> Weirder things have happened. You're like, fucking Ray Romano better not have gotten Gal Gadot. Son of a bitch already had a successful sitcom for 10 years. Well, I was curious. And now he gets Wonder Woman. <laughs> Hate that son of a bitch. <laughs> that mopey bastard. <laughs> I didn't have to grunge him. I was going to be happy for him if he had, but anyway, just curious at that point, right? Sure, yeah. so, like, so, yeah, sure enough, his wife is like Anna or something, right? And she has a husband named like Jaren. Oh, okay. That's his weird name. Yeah. But here's the funny part. So, Jaren's brother is named Guy. Oh, okay. And his wife is named Gal. So do you- <laughs> that, that's the story. I, I don't think that was the funny part, but yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's the part I found interesting. Yeah, okay, that may be the coincidental part, <laughs> or the part, but like a the rest of the story. Yeah, yeah, that's really all it is. But yeah, but I, I thought it would be interesting to share. I didn't realize the the story behind it would be even better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like the fact that you're like Raymond from Raymond. Everybody <laughs> 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 loves Ray. <laughs> It's really good. Well, I think that that sufficiently gave us a little extra at the at the top. Hopefully, uh, as we near these, I don't know. Pretty soon, when we're doing these recordings, we're going to really be moved. Well, I guess at this point, by the time people are hearing this, we'll already be in the process of recording Golden Palace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we we definitely love hearing from people. So yeah. uh, God bless you all. Yeah, we'll be glad to hear from anybody. Very, very much so. Yep. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yep. Don't forget to send us your, uh, you know, proof of mileage so you can get your stickers. Yep. (laughs) All right. So, excuse me. Golden Girls, Season 7, Episode 24. Here again, Rose, Part 2. The episode originally aired on May 2nd, 1992. Uh, Here's a list of nine other things that happened on May 2nd. Uh, Same year or different years? Uh, different years. Yeah, they they all happen on May second, but on um, you know nine throughout history nine non consecutive years. Yes, okay. uh, fifteen thirty six, Anne Boleyn was arrested and imprisoned for impersonating Ski. Of course, <laughs> Ski hadn't been born yet, so the official been. charges were adultery, incest, treason, and witchcraft. <laughs> close, close. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Everybody's always called Ski the Anne Boleyn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> of the Franklin area. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's only because I tried to seduce the king and overthrow religion. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, 1863, uh, during the Civil War's Battle of Chancellorville, uh, Stonewall Jackson was wounded by friendly fire and died eight days later of pneumonia. Uh, like they say on the Everybody Loves Ray show, <laughs> sometimes friendly fire isn't that friendly. <laughs> Uh, 1895, Lorenz Hart, the American playwright and lyricist who was partnered with Richard Rodgers before Richard Rodgers was partnered with Oscar Hammerstein, <laughs> was born. I <laughs> love Rodgers and Hammerstein. <laughs> I was so happy I could go back to that well one more time. I was like, what a fitting finale for my recaps. Right. <laughs> I'm sure y'all have some way to work them into Golden Palace as well. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, 1920, uh, the first game of the Negro National League Baseball was played in Indianapolis. Calm down, 1920. 1920. Kind of. 
I know it's in Indianapolis. <laughs> Well, was it was it the first <laughs> was it the first game ever and it happened to be played in Indianapolis Correct. or just the, oh, okay yep all right well then I agree with school ski that that's cool that the first game ever was in Indianapolis exactly I assume that you just meant the first game in Indianapolis that was part of that was played no that year, no, but, no. Okay. no that's yeah, a it was cool the first one for the league yeah. yep it's played here mm-hmm. nineteen twenty two uh, Roscoe Lee Brown American actor and director and a man who'd have been one hell of a podcaster was born uh, nineteen thirty seven Lorenzo Music who wrote for the Mary Tyler Moore Show before creating the Bob Newhart Show, was born. Lorenzo would later originate the voice of Garfield. And then, fun fact, he also voiced the Bill Murray character on the animated Ghostbusters television show and, of course, would later be replaced by Bill Murray as the voice of Garfield. I was going to say, that's pretty uh, fitting, isn't it? But here's an even better fun fact. Bill Murray did it for the movies, movies, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, So... Lorenzo was a practicing Buddhist who advocated for charity work, okay. okay? And he would often work the suicide hotline. And on more than one occasion, the callers would cheer up when they realized they were talking to Garfield. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Unless it was Monday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then he's just like, do it. Just do it. Yeah. Do you think anybody has ever called into those lines genuinely mm-hmm. because they just had a case of the Mondays? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Uh, 1972, uh, famous cross-dresser J. Edgar Hoover was born. 1977, Brent's former celebrity crush, Jenna Von Oy, was born. Hmm. And in 1987, Alan's current celebrity crush, Pat McAfee, was born. Uh, <laughs> Good-looking man. I was hoping you'd say Ray Barone. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, writers and directors of this episode, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the second unit director for this episode was Tom Carpenter, and he would later be the second unit director for News Radio. Say what you want to about Kent Spornak, but the man is loyal. <laughs> so. Did he ever go on to do anything bigger than second unit director? No. No, <laughs> no. so he found his niche. <laughs> so, All right, anything to add to any of that? I don't think so. It was a solid opening. Fun stuff. All right, cool. All right, so the episode starts off with Dorothy, Blanche, and Sophia discovering that Rose is going into surgery. Uh, because they're white women of a certain age, they feel entitled to special privileges from the hospital, <laughs> and they demand to see Rose. Uh, uh, the Karens of, of the 80s or 90s, Exactly. You know, because we know the characters, you know, we're kind of on their side. But with that being said, I get why the nurse is following protocol. Mm-hmm. So the three Goldens all try their best to get past this poor man's nurse ratchet, but they're unsuccessful. Uh, my favorite involved Blanche attempting to quote the scripture and failing. You know, <laughs> didn't she say something like the? Uh, didn't she quote like the the post office? Yeah, yeah, the, like their oath or something. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dorothy comments that the Bible is the only thing that's been in more hotel rooms than Blanche, and honestly, that might be my all-time all-time favorite Golden Girls insult. That is a good line. Yeah. And then the opening scene ends with Blanche trying to double down on the religiosity and offering up a prayer based upon the, you know, Marines' hymn. I like the fact that she's trying everything she can to keep Rose from going over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Blanche returns from the payphone and tells the other Goldens that Rose's daughter is en route. Uh, Sophia then shows up with almost twelve dollars worth of coffee and donuts, and then Sophia and Dorothy start reminiscing about the hospital when Sal passed away. They tell Blanche that they go to the maternity ward to look at the babies and think of how they look like Sal, especially the German ones. <laughs> and just as an aside, if you go into the YouTubes and search for the Rheingold beer ad from the 1950s, mm-hmm. it's amazingly cool. Oh, is it? Yeah, I've watched it like three times. Mm. It was just a great I little ad. I may check that out. Though. Yeah, it was really cool. We can we can pause if you guys want to go check it out. No, I'm good. All right. 
Uh, so anyways, Rose's bitch daughter Kirsten then shows up, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, trying to shit on the Golden's brief moment of happiness. Uh, Dorothy asks why it takes a traumatic moment to make people realize how much is taken for granted. Sophia says that she no longer takes anything for granted, and she then tells them about a tuna fish sandwich she had for lunch. She doesn't elaborate, but based upon the awe and reverence she uses, it's obvious the sandwich was made with yum yum bumble bumblebee tuna. <laughs> Sophia loves a sandwich <laughs> made with bumblebee. <laughs> 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 I'm going to give a two class for that. Okay. Prince going to be a pitch man yet, exactly. whether he's paid for it or not. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All I want Good is for this back. show to make enough money for me to have my own set of headphones by the end. <laughs> 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 I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Uh, Alan just offered a pair of his son's headphones. Yeah. Yes. I think they're broken. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want them to work. He just wants them for their status. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he so, wants to feel like you know he deserves them. Want to feel like management for a moment. Right. <laughs> so you know. Um, <clears throat> So the Goldens try to start a flashback to when Rose wrote a musical based upon Mary Had a Little Lamb, but before we can get that flashback, you know, fucking Kristen has to ruin the moment. Man, I hate her. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm getting that impression. Yeah. She is very abrupt with them yeah. without any context. She's, I know she's probably in duress because her mom's in yeah. you know, heart surgery, but mm-hmm. still, still yeah. people who are like part of her mom's everyday life. Yeah. So Kirsten tells the other Goldens that the doctor will be out momentarily to explain the situation, but until he arrives, uh, she'd like to remind them that Rose raised a bitch. Uh, <laughs> she tells the Goldens that uh, Rose should have moved in with her and that, you know, if she had, she'd be even healthier. Of course, if Rose had moved in with Kirsten, it might have made things awkward whenever Miles came over to play King Kong. <laughs> uh, Dr. Shrewsbury comes out to announce that Rose needs a triple bypass. Uh, Kirsten announces that she's going to see Rose and she'll be damned if anyone else is going to go see her. There's a nice moment when Rose asks Kirsten where the girls are, and Kirsten interprets that as Rose asking about her granddaughters. Kirsten says they're too young, and Rose clarifies that she was asking about the Goldens, and then points out they're not too young for anything. And it was just a nice. That was a good line. That may have been my favorite, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a nice Betty White moment. It was really well played. Yeah. And then Rose tells Kirsten about her plans to have her head frozen so that her and the other Goldens can be reunited at some point in the future. And then the opening act ends with Rose being wheeled off to surgery. So, anything to add about the first half there? Or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, number one, I totally agree with your uh, assessment mm-hmm. of Kirsten. Yeah. <laughs> she is one of the most abhorrent characters the show has ever seen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's one of those things that I, I think I stripped it from my transcript here. But um, at one part, I was like, you know, the next time you badmouth Stanley, I'm going to be like, well, he's a damn sight better than Kirsten. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, Kirsten was awful, and it's like if she lived an hour away, and this is the first time we've seen her in seven years, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I feel like her talking shit about the girl, I, I do grant, and Sophia tried to give her a little bit of grace on yeah, that, yeah. of like, she's she's stressed out, but still, like, she just came in hot. You know? <laughs> she <Yeah>. really did. <laughs> she really did. So, I, I think one of my, uh, I like that entire little uh, back and forth when she was in the uh, hospital room with her, because mm-hmm. she was kind of under the anesthesia starting yeah, to yeah, set yeah. in. Didn't she say something like, uh, before I have my set, Mr. Carson, I'd like to sing yeah, something Yeah, before she album. sings her second song or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, I, um, 
I, and I did like Blanche, you know, talking about trying to quote her uh, Bible verse. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that she said, I can see you're a non-believer. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's really good. I did want to note that none of the girls did try a spin move. Um, perhaps mm-hmm. had they done that, they would have been able to kind of bump and get around yeah. the nurse. <laughs> They'd probably have yeah. broken a hip. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, so it's a dangerous proposition at that age. Yes, exactly. That's true. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I really did like, I think one of my favorite was uh, when Sophia was saying, hell, at my age, you don't take lunch for granted. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. you alluded to that in your, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're uh, hawking bumblebee. Um, <laughs> bumblebee brand mayonnaise or tuna, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I guess your I guess your ads aren't working well enough on me for me to associate. But Apparently, at least I'm the, sold. At least the company name is in my head now. But exactly. he's been craving them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're building brand awareness. And exactly. That's, that's what it's all about. Exactly. <laughs> we'll come around. We'll get that sponsored tag someday. Right. <laughs> the stickers we sell. The next one will be like. At the bottom has a little bumblebee like logo. <laughs> well, so recently, <laughs> I think we're over here, really, you know, pitching and doing our best to shill for bumblebee tuna, <laughs> and all we're going to get is a cease and desist because they don't want to be associated right. with us. Say <laughs> like, we don't want your advertisement, sir. <laughs> yeah, we'll actually have legal fees because yeah. of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Losing yeah. even more money on this endeavor. Right. Well, hi. Uh, Recently, the uh, podcasting uh, service that we use to host our podcast, they had a thing where they're like, oh, you can now opt to accept political ads, Mm -hmm. but basically they weren't going to screen them. It's like you just got whatever political ads wanted to advertise, Mm. and I was like, well, I doubt that anybody would want to anyway, but at the same time, on the off chance that someone did, Uh like what the basis for our podcast is probably would not end up aligning with mm-hmm. yeah. our uh, political views. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know if Brent would care enough about the eight mm-hmm. cents in revenue <laughs> <laughs> to be shilling for some local uh, yeah. uh, person who did not mm-hmm. align with his political leanings. But. Yeah. So, so I'm sorry, did you check the box or not check the box? I think or? I did not check you the not. box. No. Oh, okay. Is that what you would prefer? Would you prefer the box checked? Uh, I'm fine either way. I mean, as long as you'll tell me, like, which candidates are. Oh, sure. That way I can check them out and be like, hey, everybody, you may have just heard an ad for <laughs> so-and-so. And just FYI, he takes money from the NRA. So. <laughs> you know, I'll vet him in real time. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny if it's like. So wait a second. You're saying that the the uh, podcast I'm advertising on is actively campaigning against exactly. me? Exactly. <laughs> actively. Or they actively? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Passively. Exactly. <laughs> they cut a check for eight cents to your competitor. Yeah. <laughs> Seven cents. They pocketed that one. Exactly. <laughs> Every nickel you give us, we're forwarding on to the opposing party. <laughs> I know. One other thing in that opening <laughs> part that I wanted to, to draw attention to. How much would you have to hate a candidate that you're writing out a check for seven cents and <laughs> slapping a 44-cent stamp on it? Right. And <laughs> it the just, just to feel, just to exactly. put it in their face. <laughs> just to have a clean conscience that you're not associated with that hate monger. I don't know. Here's the thing. I think that I could find 
many other ways that were more financially responsible. Like, I, think I, I would make a donation to something else for $50.07. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, I'd, I'd add that seven cents into something else, but I'm not gotcha. going to, you know, waste 34 or 37 cents on postage. Gotcha. I'll take it to the United Way and drop seven cents yeah. into one of the buckets outside well, of Well, aside from all that, it's still just much easier to check to not check the box and, and not well, that's true be associated too. from the get-go, right? I don't know, though. It sounds like Brent really wants to get into the political so, game. No. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, Stay tuned, folks. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if you, Just because I, cause that would be like in perpetuity, right? Like it'd be ongoing. No, it, you can uncheck the box whenever, and then I think they take it out. Because it's dynamically inserted in, uh, and so it's like if I uncheck the box, then gotcha. it no longer is. Well, I guess I just meant that, you know, we're going to stop recording these fairly soon. Mm. But those ads, would, new ads would be inserted ongoing, right? Yeah, I mean, as long as we had the box checked, yeah. But as yeah. soon as we did, then I think they fall out of any podcast that we yeah. had already been inserted so. into. But if anybody by chance out there ever hears an ad <laughs> in one of our podcasts, please send me a message yeah, because yeah. we sure aren't getting paid for anything. <laughs> so, so Podbean is inserting shit in there. They need to be inserting some nickels into our pockets as well. Yeah. <laughs> now, Alan's being honest when he says we're not being paid. Now, if he would have said I'm not being paid, then you'd know he's a liar. <laughs> The Betty White book is living in his house. It is. It is. I'm not taking home my 84 pages of it. <laughs> I wonder if you, like, you're not really an aggressive person in yeah. general sense, but I just wonder if we'd ever have, like, an argument enough that you would go over and just rip 84 pages and be like, this fucking podcast is done. This is my third. <laughs> I would have just let you add the whole thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's ruined. So we all have trash now. <laughs> Skis over there trying to King Solomon that book. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, obviously, Alan loves it more because he doesn't want to see it desecrated. <laughs> so he's trying to wrestle those pages back from you. Exactly. <laughs> so he can tape them back in for me. That's uh, right. But, anyways, uh, I did want to note one thing that... Uh, this is a personal, I mean, not personal exactly, but where she talks about how Sal, how the babies look like mm-hmm. Sal. Yeah. Especially when he had his teeth out. Yeah. I have long said that I think all old people kind of look alike mm-hmm. and all babies kind of look alike yeah. and they all kind of look like each other. Yeah. So. Yeah. I didn't, so, I'm sorry, just to backtrack, or fast forward, I don't know, because yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. We've already discussed Elemental, but I'm not sure if the listeners have heard that yet or not. <laughs> yeah, they would have already heard it. They would have? Okay, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a tail end type thing or something. Um, anyways, so like before Elemental, they had a, you know, a Pixar short of, uh, you know, Carl Fredrickson from Up going oh, okay. on a date, and I didn't like that either. Uh-huh. You know, like, it was one of those things that, like, it's him talking to his dog, and he's like, I'm going out on a date, and then he, like, dyes his hair and his eyebrows black and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And <clears throat> it's one of those things that it was a fellow dog owner that called him, and so I kept waiting for it to be, like, he misunderstood, and it's a play date for the dogs right. or something. But it that wasn't. It was just, clever. you know, an old man who supposedly had the love of his wife and lost her, you know, going out chasing tail. <laughs> <laughs> And you didn't feel like he deserves happiness in his late just, stage in life. Just like you already had your story. bite at the apple. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I don't know how long. He's got his dog. dog. What else does he need? Within the timeline, I'm not sure how long his wife had been dead, but I think oh, sure. within the movie itself, she had just passed at the start of the movie. And, mm-hmm. you oh, know, gotcha. And so, like, he hadn't had that dog very long. You know, I'm yeah. just, 
it didn't seem like enough time had passed for him to have moved on. Granted, enough time for it passed for him to have an adventure and go to South America and stuff, yeah. but still. <laughs> so how long after Helena would pass away do you feel like you would uh, put yourself out on the market again? I think I would. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of said the same thing. Um, Ski, on the other hand, he's already got feelers out there just in case. At her insistence, Alan. Yeah. Every That's six what... weeks, she still has a pulse, but hope springs eternal. But whenever she's gone, <laughs> whenever she's gone, balls as far as the exactly. eye can see. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, it really, when she passes, it'll just be a decision. Do I get on Tinder or Grinder, right? <laughs> yeah. Just flip a coin. All right. <laughs> Best, what, 13 out of 17, you said? <laughs> Anyways, that's all I had for that first fact. Back to it. Yeah. So a few weeks back, you know, uh, we invited the artificial intelligence chatbot to contribute a little something-something to Sophia's choice. And because Rose was discussing the futuristic technology of head freezing, I thought we could revisit that bit. So I went back to uh, chat.openai.com, and I asked the following question. How would the Golden Girls' cryogenic heads get along in 2023? Okay. Okay. Very nice. So here's the I'm excited. Yeah, here's the response I received. Okay. As an AI language model, I can provide you with speculative response based upon the information available up until my knowledge cutoff in September of 2021. Just as a side note, why is this technology cut off in 2021? <laughs> you know, why doesn't the stupid thing have knowledge more recent than that? Yeah, that, that is kind of odd. I mean, yeah. it must be, though, that somebody is like, well, if we don't want it to take over the world, we got to cut off its knowledge somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> right, yeah, they, 2021 was just a safe spot. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Heaven forbid the AI knows how Grey's Anatomy ends. Is <laughs> <laughs> that ended? I, it, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> but it was a good joke. They don't, <laughs> Should have left it hang. Yeah. They don't want to know how Indiana Jones ends. That's true. <laughs> true. Dodged bullet, Chad AI. <laughs> Chad AI. It was a decent movie, all right? Okay. <laughs> I don't care what Brent says. It was not. Not. It was a horrible movie. I disagree with Brent. <laughs> Uh, so how do you how do you classify <laughs> Chad AI is down our AI like what genre of films do you consider the Indiana Jones movies I would say action adventure really mm -hmm. I guess that's where we differ because I consider them like action comedies okay you know so maybe that's we're approaching it from two different yeah points I suppose of view. so so okay all right so we both agree that I'm right <laughs> no <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I love that you picked up the we, papers we and then put them down again. <laughs> Guys, because I thought we were going to agree to disagree, but no. <laughs> Some bitch tries to get in the last word. What was your favorite Indiana Jones movie? Oh, definitely Last Crusade. Okay. So why do the three of us all think that Last Crusade is the best one? Because it's better than the others. I don't know. <laughs> but what makes it better? Uh, probably Sean Connery. Okay. And what does Sean Connery bring to it? Uh a good accent and fatherly wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's trying to say comedy, right? Exactly. Comedy. Exactly. Comic relief. Yeah, it, it's the funniest of them, and that's why it's the best. Okay. You know, and then you know, yeah, and then Raiders of the Lost Lost Ark <laughs> is the second funniest, and so that's why you know we all put it in the second spot. You know, and I think where we differ is you think you know Temple of Doom you know is funnier than Crystal Skull, mm -hmm. you know, but I think Crystal Skull is funnier. Um, 
Not in and intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> it's unintentionally funnier, but it's also intentionally funnier in okay. places or whatever. But you know, this new one, not funny at all. You know, it's just a fucking downer, and I didn't like that at all. See, I guess, yeah, maybe it is like you said, because it sounds to me like you're basing your ratings on all of them purely on comedy and not the action portion of it. And so yeah, I, I'm saying, you know, all things being equal, the action and all of them, with the exception of this one, you know, the action's pretty even across all of them. I think I think the set pieces in, you know, Last Crusade are probably the best. And Raiders, straight up just action only, I think Raiders is probably the better action movie. But I think like like that whole tank chase scene, mm-hmm. you know, in Last Crusade, you know, that holds up to anything, you sure, know. Yeah. Um but this new one, you know, the action, you know, the action in this one was about even with, you know, probably Crystal Skull, you know, mm-hmm. probably a little worse, but Crystal Skull just had more, you know, comedy in it cuz yeah. this one fucking serious as a heart attack. I don't know. I guess I feel like with Crystal Skull, you just have to take into some consideration the quality of the the story too like i think and it was a better story i thought oh i disagree totally with that i thought crystal skull was not a good story at all oh (laughs) no no crystal skull was a much better story um like and again i guess i'm you know i've got the slight advantage because i've watched it more recently Mm -hmm. um, than you guys but you know there is a moment you know towards the beginning of crystal skull where you know, he talks about, you know, his dad, Marcus Brody, you know, they've passed on. Mm. And he's like, you know, you get to a certain point in life where, you know, life's, you know, stops giving you things and it so, starts taking them yeah, away. That was a really great line. I it thought. is such a great line, you know, but then, you know, at the end of the movie, he does, he gets things again. You know, he gets Marion back and he gets a son. And, you know, mm. I, I well, just I thought really like There was that. also a good callback because I watched them all recently, yeah, too. Yeah. Um, so... In the very first movie, I think he talks uh, to the class, right? Uh-huh. When he was teaching, yeah. he says, you know, like eighty or ninety percent or whatever percentage he says uh-huh. of archaeology is done in a cl- in the library, uh-huh. right? Right. Uh-huh. And then in uh, Crystal Skull, uh, which I'm assuming they thought at the time was going to be the last Indiana Jones, uh-huh. right? Yeah. He tells uh, a bunch of students, you know, you got to get out of the library and out in the field. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a cool callback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's gotten to that part of his life where he's like, you know, I. <clears throat> I still have something to offer. You know, I can still get out there and shake it up. And Well, and he happened know. to be in the library at the time, right? Yeah, They'd yeah. He'd, like, dro- <laughs> driven a, ro- a motorcycle through it exactly. or something. Exactly, yeah. You know, he's still a man of action, you know. Um, and, you know, like he, I guess it was in the first one, Raiders, would, he was like, you know, basically, you know, it's not the years, it's the mileage, you know, and he's still in Crystal Skull, realized he's got some mileage left in him. You know, he's not willing to hang it up. And even at the very end of the movie, you know, when, you know, freaking Shia LaBeouf tries to take his hat, he's like, nope, I'm not ready to relinquish it, you know? He was still a man with, you know, you know, fire in his belly. He's ready to go out and continue on having his adventures. It's great. That's noble. There was none of that in Dial of Destiny. Dial of Destiny literally ends with him just an elderly alcoholic begging to die. He's like, nope, leave me here on the beach. I want to die. And that's not Indiana Jones. <laughs> See, I don't know. I, I would. I, I don't want to spoil too much because obviously, <laughs> you know, it is a very recent movie. Even when this comes out, it'll have only been out for a couple months, so mm-hmm. I won't go too much into the specifics of the plot. 
Wait, it's dropping at the box office. It'll be at the red box by the time this episode airs. Oh, that's fine. (laughs) But still, like, I think it's still recent enough that we're not talking about, like, oh, I spoiled Raiders for you. (laughs) Like, that's your own fault. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I will say this. I think that the, I I don't view the ending that same way. Like, I don't view it as, like, I'm ready for this. I view it more as, like, I want to be part of something bigger than myself. Um, And then... Dial of Destiny? Yeah. No, he was, he was, he was shot. You know, I, yeah, I saw it. And I was there with you. I know, and, but he was gonna <laughs> die. He needed medicine. He needed medical treatment, and he was like, "Nope, just leave me here to." You're telling too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to talk in vagaries, and you're talking in very, very descriptive <laughs> specifics. <laughs> so, I would say that I. I get what you're saying. Spoilers. There. Happy? (laughs) 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 Retroactive spoiler alert. Maybe maybe put a thing in the game saying, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) Now, if you hear weird choppiness around this section, it'll just be be me editing out Brent saying things that are too spoilery. (laughs) Those things are proving my points. But I disagree with your assessment of them, so I guess that's the problem. Like, I don't view it as that he was giving up. I view it as he was, like, this is my one chance to take this opportunity, and I've done what I need to do. My one opportunity to die? My one opportunity to be really part of something, you know, like, to to be part of this thing that I've studied my whole life. But how long would he have been a part of it? 10 minutes? 20 minutes? Well, I don't know. I think he probably was overestimating his own ability, because otherwise, why would he even bother to, to do anything if he thought he was literally 20 minutes away from expiration? So I think in his mind, I mean, he if felt he like he get, had time If he didn't get back to, to the future, you know, mm-hmm. um, to get medical treatment, he would have died in the not-too-distant. But, I mean, you're looking at that as that he was saying, well, I just don't care and I want to give up and die. I look at it more of like, you know, I've done everything I need to do back then, and here I can be part of this amazing thing that I've studied my whole life. And so he wanted to do that for that reason, not because he didn't care about his... But how much time would have he had to actually study it? You don't, don't think know. he'd be dead if, within the day? If you're in your late 70s and you don't have, I mean, even if you are brought back to perfect health by the future, um, med- you know, by the medicine of the fucking 70s, <laughs> which <laughs> is, still isn't as great, <laughs> um, I still think you don't have that many years ahead of you. But at the very least, you'd have penicillin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? but you might, it might be something where you're like, this is the only time I'll ever be able to experience this. I'd okay. rather have this be my last two weeks of life than uh-huh. to go back and get medical treatment and have two years of studying this yeah, stuff from back then. I don't know where I weigh in on this. I'm just okay. listening. Let's, let's play devil's advocate here, okay? okay? So say he's got two weeks left. Sure. You know, Like he can survive with the the wound that I guess we're not allowed to mention for two weeks. Well, he's uh, also smart you know? enough that he probably knows how to treat that wound. I would, Remove I would a assume. bullet from his own chest? <laughs> he's... Without anesthetic or penicillin or anything. He's Indiana Jones. <laughs> well, not anymore. Not in Dial of Destiny. Because <laughs> Indiana Jones always keeps fighting. He never gives up, you know? I think this is more about you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> think, for, for wanting my heroes to... I think for looking at your own uh, mortality, <laughs> I think that in the one you're like, yeah, I might be in old rickety man but i'm still still fighting <laughs> for a brave new tomorrow I'm, i haven't given up yet but now here this indiana jones he's 
he's ready to accept his fate and move on. <laughs> I just think that's a betrayal of the character. Same thing with Carl. You're like, fuck that old man. He doesn't deserve <laughs> happiness. He should die alone because that's what I would have chosen to do. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, same thing with the elements. You're like elements separate but equal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've all we had ski wrong the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, generally the cynic of the group, okay? <laughs> you know, it's not in my nature to be the old cockeyed optimist, but <laughs> what's in your eye? <laughs> I guess I'd have to assume that Indiana Jones is your last bastion for hope for the future. <laughs> Just... Well, with the series coming to an end <laughs> and, and the well running dry for season one, episode 20, <laughs> he needs a new hill to die on. I just like the idea that Brent's like, you know what? I still could write one more technical manual before I go. <laughs> I'm going back. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Cassidy's like, but Dad, if you come back to the present, we can save you, and you can you can look up all new ways to write technical guides for the past. <laughs> like, no. But anyway, sorry. That's okay. I think so. I kind of lost my uh, my point there. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> like, I was going in the wrong direction somehow. Jones talk. Yeah. <laughs> so the old AI thing was like, you know, knowledge cut off September 2021. Okay. Mm. So back to what it was saying. I um, had forgotten about this entirely. <laughs> <laughs> However, it's important to note that the scenario you mentioned involving cryogenic heads of the Golden Girls in 2023 is purely fictional as of my knowledge cutoff date. <laughs> if we were to imagine a scenario where the cryogenically preserved heads of the Golden Girls were revived in 2023, it would be interesting to see how they would adapt to the current times. Here are some possible ways they might get along. Okay? Okay. One, navigating technological advancements. The Golden Girls, known for their wit and charm, would likely find themselves faced with a plethora of technological advancements that have emerged since their time. They might struggle at first to understand and adapt to smartphones, social media, and other modern technologies. However, given their intelligence and adaptability, they could quickly catch up and even provide insightful commentary on these new developments. So, I'm on board with that. Yeah. They could probably also find new ways of getting uh, side gigs and hustles because... You know, there's so much on the internet available. Oh yeah, exactly. I'm Instead not sure. Of doing all the uh, the um, yard sales and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Maybe use... somewhere to sell those minks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Minder, I think, is the app for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, cultural and social changes. Uh, the Golden Girls hailed from the 1980s and early 1990s, and societal norms and values have evolved significantly since then. They might need some time to acclimate to the changes in gender roles, LGBTQ plus rights, and racial diversity, among other social shifts. However, being open-minded individuals, they could embrace and learn from these changes while also offering their unique perspectives. You know, which is kind of... I'd like to say they, yeah. there was definitely some questionable moments in the series, but... But their I hearts were they, always in the right place. Well, so. I was going to say, I think they helped kind of steer the world yeah, they were to a small degree yeah, of where we are now. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, maintaining their dynamic. One of the key aspects of the Golden Girls' appeal was their chemistry and the way they complemented each other's personalities. Despite being cryogenically preserved heads, they might still find a way to maintain their camaraderie and engaging banter, even if it means adapting to new modes of communication. So, okay. 
uh, sharing their wisdom. The Golden Girls possessed a wealth of life experiences and wisdom, which they often shared with one another. In 2023, their insights and perspectives would be valuable, especially to younger generations. They could become beloved cultural icons once again, offering advice, humor, and a unique outlook on life in the 21st century. So, okay. And of course, this scenario is purely speculative and fictional, as cryogenically preserving heads and reviving them in the future is not currently possible with our present technology. However, it's an interesting thought experiment to consider how beloved characters like the Golden Girls might navigate the modern world. So, wise you words know, AI chat about. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with that last <clears throat> statement, because that's only valid through 2021. Right. I think the last <laughs> two years, we've probably Learned figured how out how heads. <laughs> they could have their android bodies and, you know... Their heads would just be fine. Yeah, I mean, it does not mention the challenges when it comes to navigating not having a body. And <laughs> not just, like, <laughs> modern time, sure, but not having a body, I feel yeah. like it'd be the bigger challenge. Yeah. <laughs> well, you saw Sophia had her 25-year-old body. Oh, that's true. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, I know I said I was excited about that. Mm -hmm. I was incorrect to be so excited. They were very factual statements. I was hoping for more humor. Oh, and uh, I thought it was oh. insightful, though. Mm -hmm. you know? I would agree with that, but... Yeah. Uh, I was expecting more uh, hilarity to ensue just from the weirdness of AI. You know, it's AI. It's not Weird Al. <laughs> I know. Well, have you ever seen some of those uh, AI-generated like scripts and stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, some of them are hilarious just okay. because yeah. AI is I, trying to kind of mimic yeah. like human. I, I didn't humor. ask it to tell me a funny story involving the Golden Girls in 2023. <laughs> Fair enough, but that's where my expectation lies. Gotcha. Okay. So again, that was um. My, my fault for... Uh, Chat.openai.com, you know, ask it <laughs> your damn self what you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> so there's part two. Okay, <laughs> so uh, the back half of this episode uh, begins with the back half of Sophia falling asleep. Of course, I'm sure our listeners know a thing or two about how prolonged stifling boredom can cause uncomfort in the extremities. <laughs> Uh, just as a side note, uh, the audience got away, got way too much enjoyment out of Sophia's hiney being asleep. I guess he had to be there. <laughs> there was um, one person in particular that seemed to really whoop it up about that joke. Yeah. <laughs> going on. Um, so Blanche tells Dorothy and Sophia that she's envious of their relationship and that she didn't get to say goodbye to her own mother and that George had outlived Blanche's mother, which isn't how I'd remembered it at all. Because didn't we, like, meet Blanche's mother? I thought we did, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, we saw her on Mother's Day. Yeah. It was the Mother's Day episode. Uh, maybe that was a flashback. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So, but, yeah, my initial thought was like, that's not right. At the very least, there wasn't much of an overlap, or there wasn't much distance between the two deaths, I mm -hmm. guess. But. Yeah. Uh, so, bitch Kirsten returns <laughs> and uh, <laughs> tells the Goldens that her mother is out of surgery, but it's looking like she's going to be a burden. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, the, Whatever will we do? <laughs> the Goldens tell Kirsten that they'll take care of Rose, and Kirsten accepts their offer before going to tell the doctor that the Goldens are Rose's family and that they'll be taking care of her and her expenses going forward. She's supposed to pass out the check. Yeah. <laughs> so the next section has all four Goldens reunited for the first time this episode. Uh, Rose is still asleep in bed, and Sophia tells the others that they need to proceed as if Rose can hear them. Uh, she then makes a nice comment about Rose needing to vacate the bed so that Blanche can use it to bag herself a doctor. It's probably my second most favorite line of the episode. Mm. Uh, Blanche rhetorically asks where Rose is, and we transition into the wild, crazy world of drug Rose's drug-addled brain. Uh, we see Rose, Dorothy, and Blanche are heads atop the Golden's kitchen table. Oh, yeah, I forgot we hadn't 
actually yeah. had that scene yet. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Dorothy says they look like a reunion of Henry VIII's wives. That was and, a clever one. Yeah, it's a nice shout out to birthday girl Anne Boleyn. Was <laughs> 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 it was she beheaded too? Yeah. Well, not all of them were. I think a few of them died uh, in different ways. Yeah, I guess I thought she was. So she, maybe she, she wasn't. <laughs> no, she probably was. Chances are good. Yeah. That's <laughs> a one in eight chance. <laughs> So Rose, Dorothy, and Blanche decide to make the best of an awkward situation. Uh, Blanche is asked how she died, and she tells them about hopping into a bathtub and dying while making love to a tennis instructor. As an aside, I wish whomever ran that at Sophia underscore robot Twitter account were still a active, because then they could tweet, and that's our Blanche invented pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy is asked how she dies, and she tells them of being violated by a gorilla. You know, even in death, Dorothy gets no dignity. Did you say gorilla or was a bear? It was a gorilla. Oh, okay. yeah. mm -hmm. For some reason, I think it was, thought it was a bear. Mm. In my so, brain. Yeah. Uh, Rose asks Sophia, and speaking of the devil, Sophia shows up. Uh, she's already received her new body, and we're reminded to always tip our health care providers. Hmm. Uh, Sophia, Standard. Yeah. Standard. Last time I went to the yeah. doctor, I'm like, Here's a little bit for you, man. Yeah, he just wet his beak. <laughs> and he's like, and here's a little bit for you, and he stuck his finger in your that's ass. A, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, but for you, Brent, he put the whole finger in your ass because you didn't give him any, uh, you know, kickback. Exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, he was like, hey, buddy, take off your ring. It's cutting me. And the doctor's like, actually, that's my watch. <laughs> <laughs> dad at one point. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know how this worked out. He, he like ended up going to this doctor who we, so we knew who this doctor was and he's an awful, awful doctor who was one of these kind who prescribed all kinds of um, opioids and whatnot to uh -huh. people that should not have had them. Yeah. But anyway, somehow or another, my, do my dad ended up going to him and it was for like an annual exam because my dad was in the Navy, so he goes to the VA and he had mm -hmm. to get like a physical, like that's part of it is you have to right. keep up with those kind of things to keep your benefits. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he had to get a, um, what is the exam called? Um, just the one that the doctor does. Because I always want to say colonoscopy. It's not that. It's uh, mm -hmm. just a yeah. just prostate exam. Prostate exam. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and he, but this doctor was a very, very large individual, <laughs> like very overweight. Yeah. Um, and... Now, I, I'm sure my dad has said to me many times things that he said that mm -hmm. I know he did not really say yeah, in actual yeah. life. <laughs> but For, Referring to the doctor? Well, just about anybody. Like okay. he, My dad's a guy who likes to pretend that he talked big in certain circumstances. Oh, I gotcha. But I know him well enough to know that he didn't because I've seen him in circumstances that could require a little bit of big talk, <laughs> yeah. and he has shrunken away from that. Hey, when he hears this episode, he's going to take offense. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, my dad is not going to listen to this episode. <laughs> But anyway, he said he told the doctor, like, you're not putting your hot dog fingers in there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, I didn't say it to him. I laughed, but I was thinking, no, you didn't. <laughs> in all likelihood, you let him put his hot dog finger in there because he would have been too meek to actually you know, deny it. But. Now, on the, uh, the subject of uh, having to tip your health care provider, <laughs> anytime you uh, slip them a $10 bill and they say, whoa, whoa hold on. Give me that prescription. They tear that up and give it. Here's a better one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's when you need to find a new doctor. Well, that doctor I'm talking about, he was the type who eventually was a cash-only doctor, um, oh. and you had to be like on his select list of <laughs> of clients. So, yeah, I mean, he was he. We reported him at a certain point because he was prescribing people uh, that we knew mm -hmm. medicine that they should not have been prescribed. Mm -hmm. So. 
But anyways. Ketchup and mayonnaise. Yes, and hot exactly. Or ketchup, mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> ketchup and mustard is what I meant. Mm-hmm. What the hot dog thing is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be specific. <laughs> Maybe some onions. That's fine. There's really nothing else that happens in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Are you done with your recap? <laughs> I mean, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Sophia Bragg, yeah, like how much how much tail she's getting. The other golders are distraught that they're going to spend eternity with nothing to look at but one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose awakens and tells the other goldens about the positive things awaiting for them in the future. And the scene ends where Sophia excited that Dorothy would finally meet someone. Uh, and we have one final moment in the episode. It involves a hearty and hail Rose returning to the Golden's palace. She greets Blanche and Dorothy and then goes into the kitchen to be reunited with Sophia's head. So, oh, okay. So it wasn't much else. Okay. Yeah, there was a few little aspects of that uh, second half that I enjoyed. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I liked all of it, but there yeah. was a few that stuck out, I guess I should mm-hmm. say. Um, let's see. Uh, I did enjoy the fact that when they told Dorothy how she died, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, the, with the grill to killing her, um, they said that you met somebody who couldn't keep your hands off of you. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was fun. That yeah. was a good line. Let's yeah. see. Um, Oh, and I did love to Blanche's line of what her her last words on earth were when uh-huh. she drowned in ninety two. Glow, glow, glow or something. Yeah, I think it was. Um, see, my final words were "Thank you, baby." Glow, glow, glow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely solid from Blanche there at the end. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, I think that pretty much covered uh, covered what I you know what you didn't already cover specifically. Yeah. So. Since we're doing okay on time, mm-hmm. um, I did want to revisit that AI chatbot thing. Oh, okay. And find out how things would be if the Goldens had been brought back as something other than heads. Oh, okay. Okay. So, Ski, you can leave the room because apparently I'm not asking the right questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I went back to the, uh, the chat.openai.com and asked the following question You know, how would the world react to the Golden Girls coming back as zombies? Mm. Okay. Oh, nice. So and here's the response I received. You know, if the Golden Girls were to come back as zombies, it would likely generate a wide range of reactions and opinions from people around the world. Here are a few possible ways the world might react. I would, I would, I don't want to interject too much, but yeah. I think if they all came back as zombies, mm-hmm. there would at least be one sign held up that, like, you know, Betty deserves better. Oh, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or even, even when dead, Rose needs a brain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one surprise and shock, um, the news of the Goldens returning as zombies would undoubtedly create a significant amount of surprise and shock. <laughs> Fans of the original show might find it unexpected and even bizarre <laughs> to Maybe, see their beloved slightly. characters portrayed as zombies. I just love the idea. <laughs> that it's, it's not the idea of four people coming back as zombies. Yeah. That's, that's not the it's like, I love that show. I can't believe that those people are yeah. now zombies. I, the greater I'm, question becomes also, is it only them, yeah. <laughs> or is it, you know, an endemic thing that's going like, around the like world? Like Matlock came back as a zombie, also, and <laughs> <laughs> like all of the great '80s and '90s stars <laughs> designing women. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> finally get that night court reunion. Yes, <laughs> <Burk>. <laughs> exactly. So uh, mixed reactions from fans. Some fans of the Golden Girls might be excited to see their favorite characters back on screen, even if it's in zombie form. They might view it as a creative and unique twist, leading to curiosity about how the new storyline would unfold. So on the is, other is hand, AI believing this will be a show? Or <laughs> I don't know what it believes. All I know are the words copy and paste it out. <laughs> on the other hand, some fans might feel that the concept is disrespectful to the original show and oh. its characters. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they're putting those reanimated corpses on. It's completely besmirching the good name of the Golden exactly. Girls. Exactly. 
come up with new ideas. Look, Lance has <laughs> lost an arm. It's not even believable anymore. Nostalgia and nostalgia criticism. Uh, the Golden Girls hold a special place in the hearts of many viewers who grew up watching the show. The return of the characters, even as zombies, could evoke a sense of nostalgia for... It's humid down here. <laughs> the original series. However, <laughs> it could lead to criticism from those who believe that reviving the characters in such a manner tarnishes the legacy and spirit of the original show. Uh, four, uh, Nini's and Internet Buzz. Given the, <laughs> given the unusual premise, it's highly likely that the news would quickly spread across the internet, <laughs> leading to a flurry of Nini's jokes and discussions. The humor and creativity of internet users might take the concept of the Golden Girls as zombies in unexpected and amusing directions. Hmm. Well, so here's one thing that you can, yeah. can consider. Mm -hmm. So Marvel owns, <coughs> Disney owns Marvel. Yeah. Disney owns Golden Girls, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Disney already made the, uh, the uh, What If series, yeah. right, with the, the Marvel zombies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think they just do the same thing. Yeah, so yeah. you could put the Golden Girls in the MCU. <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, <laughs> I was saying they could do the same type of, ty of, of series. Okay, well, I'm just saying that if Blanche was in the MCU, Steve Rogers would not have been a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> and I misspoke earlier when I said that Blanche has already lost an arm. That would not be as funny. If she lost, <laughs> if she lost a leg... It would be funnier because, like, what else would she spread? Ah, uh, exactly. See, there's the now funny. you should have stuck with your first. Uh -huh. <laughs> exactly. Wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> Southern diet. She's gonna have the diabetes, anyways. <laughs> um, oh, oh, where did we leave off? What was the last one? I don't need that. <laughs> was memes and internet buzz or controversy and debate? Uh, I think it was the the memes and internet buzz. <laughs> okay, number five: controversy and debate. Uh, the idea of bringing back beloved characters as zombies would inevitably generate controversy and debate. Some people might argue that it's disrespectful or unnecessary twist on the original show, while others could see it as a fun and innovative way to reimagine the characters. <laughs> uh, six, curiosity and interest. Regardless of people's initial reactions, the news would likely pique the curiosity of many. Some might tune in to see how the concept plays out out of sheer curiosity or a desire to witness the reinterpretation of the characters they know so well. Mm. It's important to note that the specific reactions would vary greatly depending upon individual preferences, cultural backgrounds, and personal attachments to the Golden Girls. The response provides a general overview of the potential range of reactions, but is by no means exhaustive or definitive. So, way to cover your ass, AI chatbot. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the whole concept of the idea, though, of like... We have learned how to reanimate the dead, uh -huh. and we've decided that the first four zombies are going to be the Golden Girls, <laughs> yeah. and not only that, but we're going to go ahead and recast the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we're bringing them back yeah. in zombie form so that they can entertain us, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are just more stories to tell. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. First zombie sitcom star. Yeah. <laughs> would, they, would they, at that point, be the Molden Girls? Yeah, oh, perhaps so. At the end, we'd say... Stay molding, Coco. <laughs> well, very nice. I, I enjoyed your add-on there. Okay, thank you. Did you have anything else before we do our uh, wrap-ups? Um, no, we'll do the wrap-ups, but then I do have like a little bonus type thingy. Okay. So you want to do the wrap-ups first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So between, so we'll do the wrap-ups and stuff, and then I got something, and then you can do the Stay Golden, Coco part. All right, fair enough. All right, so Ski, who got your MVP for this episode? Can I go last? 
Sure, Brent, who got your MVP for this episode? You know, I gave it to Rose, um, just for, like we mentioned, that sweet moment earlier mm -hmm. um, where she's talking about, you know, her girls aren't too old for anything. And, yeah. You know, just her loopy, you know, live from New York at Saturday night. And, mm -hmm. you know, I just thought it was all nice. Yeah, you know? I agree. But I gave mine to Kirsten. I mean, she's... Are you fucking... Are you kidding keep, me? She keeps it real. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I gave mine to Sophia. I, I just, I liked her, you know, keeping everybody kind of, you know, mm -hmm. doing her best to keep everybody in good spirits and all yeah. that and her various comedy and that I thought was really solid. So, yeah, yeah Sophia was my fave in this yeah. one. You ruined it. Oh, so you ruined it. I was going to say, you had a chance I, to go first. I, yeah, well, I wanted to go last because I wanted you guys to like shock and awe. Uh. Like, whoa. <laughs> it's an MVP choice. It's not a golden girl as a zombie. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but uh, yeah, Kirsten, because you guys hated her so much. Oh, so she gets your MVP because yes. we didn't like her? Okay. <laughs> I feel like... For a long time, Brent was one who threw away his MVPs, <laughs> and these last couple of weeks, you've decided you're taking over the reins. Am I? Yeah, Can I, I think so. Yeah, two or three, two of the last, either the last two or two of the last three, you picked an MVP that was purely something that you were choosing, <laughs> not based on your merits for the show, but some other random reasoning. So, all right, so we got a Sophia, a Rose, and a Kristen, or Kirsten, first episode. Um, all right, so how many slices of cheesecake for you, Ski? I gave it like a six. A six? Okay. I thought it was pretty decent. Yeah, I had, um, I'd originally written down eight, um, but I'm going to go ahead and lower that down to a seven and a half. I gave it a 7.5 also. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really good. I mean, it's hard to overlook how horrible Kirsten is. It, it really is, and that's, yeah. <laughs> she was really bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially, too, when it's like she would be the fruit of you know, Rose's loins. It just doesn't make sense that someone would come out that horrible yeah, with Rose yeah. as a mom. Yeah, but, exactly. And, and Kirsten was also the one who was like, you squandered my daddy's money. Yeah. Like, wasn't she? I um, can't remember. It wasn't the same actor, but it may have been the same character. Same daughter, yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought it was odd, too. I, granted, I realize this is the part two, mm -hmm. and I believe that both part one and two of this one, actually, part one and two aired on different dates, mm -hmm. but it was kind of awkward having Blanche's uh, daughter and granddaughter <laughs> show in up, yeah. Yeah, when they had nothing to do in this, <laughs> yeah, this they, part of the episode. Yeah. Even their part in the first part of the episode is really pretty. Minor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyways, but yeah, I still really enjoyed the episode overall. Yeah. I raised mine to six and a half. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. So two seven and a halfs and a six and a half. This one mm -hmm. I think is going to be probably one of our top two for this season, mm -hmm. but we'll see. I, I haven't done the math on them yet, so yeah. no, for sure. Yeah. All right. So uh, can I go through our guests real quick? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I skipped over that on accident. Um, like we had five guests, but four of them are repeats. Mm -hmm. So uh, we had a let's see, uh, Robin Fay. Um, was it Bookland? I think was it. Mm -hmm. She played Sarah, yep. the granddaughter for second of two. Uh, we also had a uh, Jessica Lundy. She misses sexy grandma. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was she played Janet for her second of two Golden Girls. Uh, we had Paul Collins. He played a uh, Doctor Shrewsbury. Um, mm -hmm. This was his second of two Golden Girls. He was also on one, I think, in season five. Um, we have uh, had a uh, artist Chapman. She played the nurse. She had done that in the the, mm -hmm. the part one as well. So this was her second of two also. And the only completely original one was uh, Lee Garlington, played Kristen. Uh, 247 credits for her name, her only Golden Girls. For 247 credits, I was kind of surprised because she was in 12 episodes of Everwood, and then she had like, guest spots on 
like Seinfeld and Blossom and Murphy Brown and Dead to Me and uh, mm-hmm. Family Ties. And she d- was recognizable, but I was surprised that there was nothing that I would say she was famous for. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it, it was all small parts. I've never heard of Everwood, but it was one of the only things that she had been on more than an episode or two of. Yeah. And so. Uh, Treat Williams just died. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. that have anything to do with. Uh, he was on Everwood. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was <laughs> <laughs> the male lead. Oh, okay. I thought you were about to break into tears. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it was just a, a sneeze. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, anyway. More on that later, folks. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> that's our, our MVPs, our recap, our ratings, and our belated guest actors. Yeah. So you had a little extra to add before we finish this episode off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, chat GP or whatever? It is, because, you know, we believe in the rule of threes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I needed a third one. So I do have a third question that I posed to the artificial intelligence. Okay. Um, again, using the chat.openai.com, I asked the following question. Okay. Would the Golden Girls get along with Shrek? Okay. <laughs> so this one was more of Ski's speed, apparently. Mm. <laughs> he doesn't like the fact-based responses. Well, he wants a little... I don't dislike the fact-based. I, I want to clarify... It was not what I had expected. Gotcha. So it, it just kind of killed my expectation. Ski likes an earlier AI that doesn't give things that actually sound like they could have been written by a person. He gotcha. likes the the old AI where it just is completely ridiculous combinations of things. Gotcha. He's probably right. So. He's probably accurate. <laughs> so I don't know. Even, even with the humor this may interject, it uh-huh. still may not hit the ridiculousness button that Ski is looking no, no, for. I've tempered my expectations. Uh, well, now I, <laughs> So, so, all right. I can appreciate for what it is. So the Golden Girls and, Sh- and Brent's hero Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So there's the response that I got. Uh, the Golden Girls, a group of four older women known for their wit and charm, and Shrek, a grumpy but lovable ogre, are fictional characters from different universes. Given their distinctive personalities and backgrounds, it's difficult to predict with certainty how they would interact. <laughs> However, we can make some assumptions based upon their traits. The Golden Girls, consisting of Blanche Rose, Dorothy, and Sophia, are known for their close friendship, quick humor, and their ability to support each other through thick and thin. They often engage in witty banter and share a strong bond. While they may initially be taken aback by Shrek's unconventional appearance and demeanor, they are generally open-minded and accepting individuals. They might see beyond Shrek's exterior and focus on his heart. Shrek, on the other hand, is initially portrayed as a solitary and grumpy character who prefers to live in isolation. However, he eventually reveals a kind and compassionate side, and his loyalty to his friends becomes apparent. Shrek values honesty and stands up for what he believes in, even if it means going against societal norms. Considering these traits, it's possible that the Golden Girls and Shrek could find common ground and develop a positive relationship. The Golden Girls' understanding and acceptance of people's differences, along with Shrek's underlying warmth and loyalty, could bridge the initial gap between them. They might even learn from one another and appreciate (laughs) each other's unique qualities. Ultimately, whether the Golden Girls and Shrek would get along would depend on on the specific circumstances and the story's creative direction. However, given their shared themes of friendship, acceptance, and love, it's not impossible to imagine an enjoyable and humorous dynamic between these beloved characters. (laughs) My concern is if he brought Donkey along, <laughs> what would Blanche be doing? <laughs> yeah, he has to take it in a bad direction. We had the feel-good story of... Exactly. Of, like Golden Girls and Shrek, they are kind of yeah. similar. And then he's I'm on a donkey show. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Well, I was so ready. Just as soon as you were finished, be like, hmm, say golden cocoa. Yeah. And then he took it in a different direction. But, but it still stands. So yeah. I, I enjoyed your, your... I brought it back down to the swamp is what I did. That's true. Shrek would be proud. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, stay golden cocoa. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.